Welcome back to the Career Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Roger. And I'm Lizzie. As student career ambassadors with the Malone Center, we are here to break down your biggest questions about how to hack into your career as a Furman student. We will guide you through the process of exploring and launching your career by interviewing career advisors, professors, Furman alumni, and even some students. This week, we have Nancy Cooper, the coordinator for volunteer services at Furman University, here to share some stories about her time in service. Thank you so much for being here with us, Miss Nancy. It's a pleasure to have you. Yay. I'm so Thank excited. you for asking. You're like a Furman celebrity on campus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, I know I kind of did just a little introduction of your title here. Um at Furman, but would you mind just introducing yourself and kind of telling us what you do here at Furman with Heller? Yes, I'll be happy to. One of the best jobs on this campus is working with the Heller Volunteer Service Corps. The beautiful thing about that is students come in, so oftentimes, sometimes they already know where their interest, where their heart is, and what they would like to do to make a change in the Greenville community. What's really exciting is when a student comes in and has absolutely no idea what they would like to be involved in, uh, but want to, to be involved. And the beauty part about my role is that I get to introduce these 70 different agencies that we have. And off, sometimes a student will come in on a be this major, and they get involved in another aspect, and they come back and they go, Miss Nancy, I've decided this is what I want to do with my life. This is, and I never dreamed. And watching that take place and that seed being planted and watching the Greenville community, who is so appreciative of Furman students, uh, their doors are open and they're always, you know, I said, could you use a volunteer? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. That's, <laughs> that's what I receive. So that's the beauty part about the role that I have is watching students lives being changed, mm -hmm. but watching students touch lives and changing lives of people outside the gates of this campus. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. And it seems like with your role, there's a lot you have done with like the students at Furman. And just going into that, I want to know like, what was your college experience like or what path did you take? Was it something like that you felt in college? Did you have that and now you want to do that for other students? You're going to be surprised by what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I did not go to college. Oh. I, I took a, a course at Greenville Tech back when I graduated from high school. The Vietnam War was taking place. Um, and I met a young man. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and we dated, and he was drafted, and we got engaged. We were engaged for two years and got married. I was accepted to go to Winthrop, but things were so upside down. So I did not. Mm -hmm. So I went to work, and we married. And so for two years, I worked at the Greenville County School District office. Okay. He got out of service, started his own business, and we did really well. We had two children, and I never worked. I was the volunteer in the community club. I was a volunteer at the church. I was a volunteer at the school. And we just had a wonderful – we were very blessed. He did mm -hmm. really well. And then after um, 10 years – of marriage, he got really sick, and in three years' time, he became totally disabled. And we lost everything we had, and um, and I said he was given a week to live and oh two weeks to live, and actually, he lived 27 years without a bite of food. He could only live a year, but Johns Hopkins, um, and this was all God, 
Uh, mm-hmm. He's been written up. They came, Ross Laboratories came to Furman, made a film. But anyway, getting back. So I said, I live at the back gate of Furman. I said, well, honey, I'll just go across the street and get a job. And he got me by the hand. He said, sweetheart, what do you think you could do at Furman? I said, well, I don't know, but I can <laughs> type. I knew that. Yeah. So I came across the street and applied, and I was just praying for a job. God, just give me a job. I need a job. My daughter's a senior in high school. She wants to be a special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. My son's in ninth grade. We have nothing. Mm-hmm. And people that we had helped over the years was now helping us financially. And right. Oh, it was terrible. So anyway, God had a plan. It was Furman University. I came in, and they said the first eight weeks, we had what we call winter term. Okay. And they said, we don't have anything permanent, but we've got an eight eight weeks job. Do you know anything about computers? I didn't lie. I said a little. I had never seen a computer, but a little was if you turned it on, you had to turn it off. True. That was, you know. True. So we walked down and I said, what department? They said business and economics. And I almost threw up because I didn't do checkbooks and things. My mm-hmm. husband, he, yeah, he, I was spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in and there sits Brenda Chandler that I had gone to high school with did not know in 25 years. And so she taught me in eight weeks everything I needed to know about Furman and about computers. So when that eight weeks was up, they said, we still don't have a full-time and praying for a job. We still don't have a full-time, but we've got another eight weeks job in athletics. And I, that's why I knew God had a sense of humor because I wasn't athletic at all. <laughs> nothing about it. So I worked with them. Wonderful coaches had a ball. That eight weeks ended, and I said, God, I need a job. They said, we've got another job, eight weeks only. In the infirmary, I'm like, I can do that. I'm a mother. I've got, I can handle it. Go in. There's Jane Carty that I went to high school with over that. So eight weeks. So I'm saying, okay, I need a job. So at the end of that eight weeks, they said, I'm sorry, we don't have anything else. That was on a Friday. So at seven o'clock on Friday night after dinner, I went in my house and I just let God hold it. I cried. I said, you've known I've needed a job. You know this. I've trusted you. At seven o'clock on Sunday night, I get a call from Furman University. They had found out at Greenville First Baptist Church that this lady, Miss Betty Alverson, known as Miss A, had a full-time job available, and she wanted to interview me at 7 a.m. on Monday morning, 7 a.m. on Friday night. I'm mad at God. 7 7 p.m. Sunday night, I get a call from Furman. 7 a.m., I meet Miss A. She keeps me all day long, (laughs) and she hired me. Oh, okay. and, and I was so, oh my gosh. So I go up the next day to sign my contract and they said, you know, everybody knew my story because I told everybody, you know, I was poor. We had nothing. Yeah. They said, you know what that means when that ink dries? I said, yes, it means I have a full-time job of benefits. They said, yes, but what you don't know, you used to have to work three, five or seven years to get tuition breaks for your child. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. They said, what you don't know is our trustees met this weekend. And as soon as that ink dries, your child has full tuition. I started crying. They started crying. I go back to Miss A. We lovingly called her Miss A, Betty Alverson. She said, go home, get your husband, go to school, and tell your child she's good. So my child was the first one to receive the benefit. And then she went to Winthrop. She didn't come here. But, um, yeah, and so God put me here 35 years ago in the most wonderful role. What could be better than getting calls on the phone, can you help us, and getting students saying, I'd like to volunteer. And I do this every day. So yeah. That's good. an amazing story. I know. So would you say eight is your lucky number? Seven. Seven? Seven. Is that your lucky number? We could both. Would seven, say. <laughs> 7 p.m. on Friday night, 7 p.m. on Sunday night, and 7 a.m. on Monday morning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say it is. That's a good call. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, now you just know seven is where it's at. Mm -hmm. So you are very involved with the Heller office Mm -hmm. here. You are, I mean, the face of Heller, really, (laughs) (laughs) here at Furman. Um, So how did the Heller Service Corps, like, get started on campus? Oh, this is a great story. Okay, Miss Betty Alverson was hired in 1965, and she had this vision of a volunteer program. Mm -hmm. And she called six students um, here and asked them if they would be interested, and they were not sure. They were like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So she convinced the six students to start this program, and it was called Collegiate Educational Service Corps, Mm CESC. Okay, so Max and Trudy Heller, you know they're survivors of the Holocaust. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, Oh, gosh, how much time do we have? This is a beautiful story. Um... It is, 428. Okay, let me say this. Okay, there was a a group of, okay. Max and Trudy um, were teenagers, sweethearts in Vienna. And there was college girls on spring break, and so Max could not speak English, but he went over and asked uh, the chaperone if he could dance with one of the girls. One of the girls happened to be Mary Mills, Mills Avenue in downtown Greenville. Okay, so... They they danced, and the next day he bought a German-English book, and he went and <laughs> they went on a walk. So when she was leaving, he asked if they could exchange addresses, said yes. And so that was nothing. That was nothing else. So a year went by. Max goes into the gym to um, work out, and when he comes out, the Nazis have taken over his town, and his friend had on a Nazi uniform and made Max, he said, really ugly things, made Max get on his knees and scrub the road with a toothbrush. He goes home and tells his dad, he said, Dad, we've got to get out of here and be an Orthodox Jew. His dad said, no, it was on Friday night. They needed to do the Friday night Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wrote Mary Mills and asked if she could help him get to America. So her dad took it here on Poinsett Highway to a gentleman who owned a shirt company who was Jewish and said, is there any way you can help this young man? And he said, how can I, a Jew, not help him, of course. Yeah. So Max left Vienna with $8 in his pocket, arrived in Greenville, South Carolina with $1.69, couldn't speak a word of English, and was sweeping. On the third day mm-hmm. of just sweeping and um, over the loudspeaker in German, it says, a Judge Plyler would like to see you. And he went all to pieces thinking, Judge Plyler was sending him back. Judge Plyler spoke to him and says, no, I'm about to be the president of Furman University, and I would like to teach you English. Thus, the relationship. Oh, okay? my goodness. Oh, my God. So, that's how. So, it took Trudy nine months. She had a really difficult time, she and her mother, getting here. Her dad was able to get out, but they had a really hard time, and um, they had arranged a, a, a secret passage on a ship, and as soon as they were to step on the ship to come to America... They were identified, and they had to take off running. So they missed the ship. The ship had 600 people on it and sank, and all 600 died. So that was very bad. So anyway, Trudy finally gets to America, to Greenville. They get married, and they're very successful, working really hard and everything. So at the end of like five years, Max was able Oh, and another thing, let me say this. Max did not understand segregation when mm-hmm. he came to America. He didn't understand back then the two water fountains, and it was right. one was cable, you know, white colored, two bathrooms. They couldn't eat together. He couldn't fathom. He never understood that. So as a result, when he opened his shirt company down in Malden, he did away with that. And people mm-hmm. went to him and said, you can't do this. He said, what do you mean I can't do this? Yes, I can do this. I'm doing this. We're all the same. 
We mm-hmm. all have the same red blood. We're going to eat together. And so he was way ahead of his time. Yeah. Because yeah. we were the southern Bible Belt of the South. Right. Uh, segregation was unbelievable. I don't even want to go there. So Max was always at Furman helping in the CESC program with mm-hmm. Ms. A, doing, giving. So when he decided to run for mayor, uh, and this this was the su- southern Greenville now, they said, what? We've got a Jew running for mayor? Mm-hmm. And my dad happened to have a business one street off Main Street, and he loved Max Heller to death. And he goes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you are. Do y'all know Jesus? He kind of likes the Jews. How about that? <laughs> That's my father. So anyway, Max won. Everybody was whoa. like, whoa. So he goes in to office, and he notices there's no one of color in the mm-hmm. whole city hall, and he's, he doesn't understand that. The lady that was supposed to work with him was an older lady. She really didn't care for Max, and he tried to work it out, and he said, look, I know this isn't working, so I want you to be happy. So he got her a job somewhere. It just so happened that all the people he interviewed, the one that he chose to work in City Hall happened to be a lady of color. Mm. And so then he got with the bankers, and he said, listen, this we were all... Um, you never went past the Western Hotel because it was so nasty and it was scary, and that's where a lot of crimes took place. And all the mills dumped their chemicals in the Reedy River, and it mm-hmm. stunk so bad. Okay, Max becomes mayor. What are we going to do? We're going to clean that up. So he was going really well, and all of a sudden they built this new— This I'm getting to this, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> they built this thing called McAllister Square Shopping Center. Oh, Now, Main Street used to be four lanes in Greenville. Picture this, Okay. All the shops moved off of Maine and out to McAllister Square. Downtown died. Mm -hmm. It was nothing. Max came up with this idea. (laughs) He goes, you know, we're going to make this a two-lane street, and we're going to plant trees on the sidewalk and have people eat outside, and people would die and laugh. And my dad was one. He said, Max, you're in the South, son. People don't eat outside in the (laughs) South. And how can you plant a tree downtown? He says, well, Buck, that's my dad's name, that's what we have in Vienna. He said, son, you're not in Vienna. What happened? He made it a two-lane. He planted the trees and then cleaned up where the Western Point said, what's the calling card now for Greenville, South Carolina? The West End. Mm-hmm. So they quit dumping all the chemicals in the Reedy River. All of a sudden, everybody wants to go see Reedy River. And then we have businesses. So mm-hmm. Max called the Hyatt Regency and asked for them to build a hotel. And they snickered. They said, Max. Greenville is a textile town. They could never, you know, host yeah. a high-end hotel. He said, well, what would it take? And they told him how many millions. He called several of his millionaire friends. That night, they wrote the check. He called the Hyatt the next day and said, here's your money. And they went, what? So if you'll notice the statue of Max across the street from the Hyatt Regency with his hand going, yes, you can, pointing to mm. the Hyatt. So it was his vision. So he was always at Furman. He loved being a part, helping that was just he and Trudy's nature, doing, giving back, helping. So what do you do for a person that really is highly successful, doesn't need anything, and you can't just, he just did so much. He traveled with uh, Governor Dick Riley when he became the Secretary of Education for the United States. He and Trudy traveled with him. So his friends got together and said, he loves Furman University and that CESC program. He's up there volunteering. And because of his position, he could say to the doctors and the lawyers, uh, why don't you let a Furman student come help you? And they mm-hmm. would laugh. Now, think about this. They would say, Max, 
those are college kids. And he would go, his hand on his hip, and he would do this little thing with his index finger. He would go, no, there's the difference. These are Furman students. <laughs> As a result, Max Heller is the reason we got our students involved in places we could have, a college student could have mm-hmm. never been. So his friends got together and said, you know what we can do? We can endow that program mm-hmm. for Max and Trudy. And they got together and talked to the people at Furman, and they endowed the program. And Max couldn't do anything but cry and cry and cry. They named it the Max and Trudy Heller Volunteer, which is so fitting because they were such givers and doers and loved Furman University and Furman students. But he would always say, no, there's a difference. These are Furman students. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great story. I think with like a heartwarming story like that and just knowing like a lot of Furman students are benefiting from like what Max had done and they want to give back. Um, For some students who, you know, may not know about Heller or haven't been there yet. And for those who are also thinking about like, you know, if I want to do volunteering and um, I don't want to be in like a really you know, a really big organization Mm -hmm. or I don't know where to start. Like, what advice would you, like, give to these students who would want to, you know, venture into looking at, like, nonprofit or, like, volunteering? Okay, well, first of all, let me tell you, talking about how college students, I hijack tours a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I want to meet the students that are thinking about maybe coming to Furman. Yeah. And I love telling them the story about, you know, the volunteer program and all the things that's available. The thing of students not knowing what to do, our office is open. If there's a a sofa, a love seat, a chair, we never have meetings in that office ever. But if you ever walk by our office, you will see students sitting in the office. They may come for five minutes. They may come for an hour. But it's a place of being welcomed and inviting and not made to feel put on the spot. Oh, I've got to go volunteer. You know, no. mm -mm. Uh, We want it to be a well-rounded program and especially something that benefits you as a college student mm-hmm. sure. because let's let's be honest Furman is well known highly academic you're you're here because you're very smart and we want to offer something that will also enhance that experience that you have as a college student mm-hmm. and the way you all manage and I'm just going to be honest the stress of the academics and the fact that my friends cannot understand how you all take the time, carve it out of the week to lay that aside, to go out into mm-hmm. the community and to do all that you do for others and for us. I live for summer orientation. So when the <laughs> freshmen come in, I can tell them all about the opportunities <laughs> that we have. You can do once a month. You can do once a week. You can do once a year, whatever. Um, but it's wonderful watching a student come in for the first time. Some know basically what they want to do others and so I always say this is a buffet we never send you out by yourself but go sample go to several places um and when the ones that they don't know you know I wouldn't want you to go work okay I'll just use the animal shelter I wouldn't want you to go to the animal shelter if you don't like dogs (laughs) you know and you may not like working with small children but you may I mean there's so we have so many opportunities and things well, one time there was this one girl came in, and everything, I was just, oh, I was all excited to tell her about, you know, all the things we got, nothing. Her facial expression was just, and she said, I'm sorry I've wasted your time. I said, no, sweetheart, you haven't. Tell me where your heart is. 
she opened up and told me that her father had passed away the year before in hospice, had been really, you know, told me mm-hmm. all about the hospice program. And I sat there and I said, would you want to do something with hospice? And she goes, do you have something with hospice? I said, hold on just one minute. I picked up and called my friend at Open Arms Hospice, whose mom, Nancy Griffith, works here at Furman. And I said, Debbie, is there any way a Furman student could work? She said, what? She almost blew my ear out. She said, yes, are you serious? You've got to call the students and want to come work at the I said, hold on, I'm putting you on speaker. <laughs> and so she said, yes, yes, you could work in the facility. Oh, my gosh. She said, when can I meet with you? And the young girl was like, um, uh, tomorrow? She said, I'll be there. What time? Two o'clock, two o'clock. So the young lady goes back, and on her hall, she's telling She said, I went over there, and, and they're going to let me meet, you know, da, 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 at hospice. And this girl on her hall said, I wonder if I could do that. My brother died, and they helped my mother several years ago. So the next day, thinking we had two people coming, we had six, four at dinner in the dining hall were pre-med students, and they were talking about how they're going to start a hospice, you know, blah, blah, blah. We had six students. And what I tell the students, we feel like we have everything, but if we don't, if you're willing to start it, we'll start it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we do. It's people helping people. Yeah. That is so beautiful. That's great. I love that. Because hospice isn't for everyone. Yeah. But neither is animal shelter. Right. You know? (laughs) I mean, so. Yeah. mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, Where can students find you? Uh, We are located in the Tron Student Center right next door to the Burgess Theater. Mm -hmm. And the beauty part about that is the best way is we have a Keurig that runs seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We have every kind of coffee, flavored coffee, decaf. We have every tea, I think, that we can think of. And it's there for the students. And what we really want to emphasize, they'll say, well, I'm, what is it they say? They say, well, I'm not in Heller. Did you sign an acceptance letter to Furman? Yeah. Well, you're part of Heller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you are, there is no in Heller. Yeah. We are Heller. And, you know, the beauty part of that is um, a good way to come in and meet new students. You know, somebody, or this is the one part I do love, they can come in and take a seat, and they're talking about taking a certain course, and they'll say, oh, what are you going to take? And they'll say this, oh, try to get Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. yeah. He's so good, you know, I had a good experience. You know, it's that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, you've got somebody to meet uh, for dinner mm-hmm. or lunch, you know, yeah. or DH, and a friendship is started, and it could be over a cup of hot tea. That's so cute. I love that. Okay. Well, Miss Nancy, well, this would be, like, probably our last question for you, but we want to know, like, what's your advice to students who are graduating, and um, they would want to, like, continue, like, doing service, but they're not in the Granville area. Mm-hmm. Um, how can they continue, like, their, you know, volunteer lives after Furman? It's really simple. Once you've had the experience of being a college student at Furman, seeing the the opportunities that we have, the needs that that's presented, and we have needs weekly. You know, everybody calls in. So, okay, that that foundation has already been laid for the Furman student. When you all walk out a front gate and go out into Greenville area and get on a plane and fly to Texas or wherever mm-hmm. you go, you already you already have the servant's heart. Yeah. So and you already know the part that you care about the most. And being Furman students, being very, very intelligent, smart people, you're gonna immediately go, 
wherever your job lands and find out what's happening around that area where you're working. What's the greatest need? And you as Furman students are not afraid to ask questions or start something new. You can say, um, you know, I did this when I was a college student. And they said, well, we don't have that here. Well, I'd like to start it. How about that? And then you just call a school or college close to where your office is and talk to the administrator and say, you know, so do you have a volunteer program? And they go, well, yes, we have this. Well, would you, what about if we started this? I mean, it's so easy. The seed has already been planted yeah. here for you all. And you're all very, very super smart and intelligent. And you know where your heart is and in the greatest need, mm -hmm. uh, wherever state, wherever you move to. And you'll just go into the world. I can tell you so many stories right now of alums from 1988 oh. and where they are today and how they got there. And it had something to do with this wonderful volunteer opportunities that started here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're kind of, can be kind of nervous, kind of be, it could be a little scary. But as a Furman graduate, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I can do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and let me show you. And it's done. So it just trickles all over. Well, we're so grateful to, like, have had you on the podcast. And we hope, like, Furman students can hear this and, like, your immense contributions to, like, how all of us have, like, mm -hmm. ventured into, like, different volunteering roles, even not being, like, fully involved in Heller. Mm -hmm. And you're always a nice face to meet and... Uh, Always judging all of the on-campus <laughs> competitions. Oh, yeah, like and you have one to go to right now. But yeah. uh, Let me share one thing with you all I think you'll really be interested in. Mm -hmm. When we turned 50 years old in Service Corps, mm -hmm. they wanted to do some big money thing. I said, no, we're going to do 50,000 hours, you know, have our alums do 50,000 hours of volunteer. And they were like, and I love this part, they were like, no, that'll never happen. Don't ever tell me no. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. And they said, well, so we said, if you want to support our 50th anniversary all across all of our, oh, it's so sweet. Uh, they said, well, they just didn't think it would work. Well, not only did we get 50,000 hours, we got 90,000 oh hours. God. And they didn't have a computer set to go any more than that. So all of the alums from 1966 got this letter, and they all, and they submitted all the things they did in honor of volunteer services. Aww, so that was our so 50th cute. year. That's so that's sweet. So, I love it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This is my very first podcast, so y'all are so oh, sweet. Thank you. This is our very first podcast, too. <laughs> this has been the Career Chronicles podcast. I'm Raja Bimkarman. And I'm Lizzie Miller. Our show is produced by Audrey Anghauser and is a part of the Malone Center for Career Engagement at Furman University. Join us every Monday for a new career topic. And don't forget to follow us so you never miss an episode. Also, rate our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Talk, Talk to, to you soon. soon.